Welcome back, Bills fans, fans of the game, fans of football. It's your host, Jeremy Mountain, here with another episode of Blue Mafia. Bills lovers everywhere united. It's game day, baby. It's about 8 a.m. local time here in the Elmwood Bills. And we want to get you your notes pregame because it's a little bit snowy out there. You might not be going out there. Saw a little bit of meteorology. Doesn't look too bad, but it's going to be interesting. You probably get a cheap ticket to get out there tonight. I was thinking about it, but I got stuff to do and I got a nice, warm, beautiful apartment to watch the game in. So I'm going to do that. We're going to grade Josh and Ken. We're going to do a little Dolphins O, a little Dolphins D watch. We're going to talk a little bit of who I think is the future of the Bills defense. And as always, on the back end, we've got the implications, but we're going to do something a little bit different with that this week. So stick around for the back end. We're going to do a little top five implications, playoff, ready, QBs. A lot of countdowns everywhere. Everybody's always talking top five, whatever. We're going to be talking about who's ready to rock heading into the playoffs. We're going to give you your top five game ready implications, tough playoff QBs. You may be surprised who you see on that list. So stick around. Let's get right into the Bill stuff. Josh wasn't, you know, extremely statistically sexy last week, but I thought that it's demonstrating growth from the quarterback because you're starting to see him be able to win a game ugly. And that's something that I just don't see some of these other prototype quarterbacks. They don't seem to be able to win ugly. And it was becoming a little bit questionable if Allen was going to be able to win ugly, if he was going to be able to win a one-score game. We know that he can get up early. We know that he can score a lot of points. But what happens when that defense shuts down the first, second, third look? We know that Josh can get out and be the galloping ghost general that he is and hurdle people. Quick shout-out last week. Double hurdle. Hurdle flip. He actually did get flipped for the first time after completing one of those special Allen hurdles. I'm wondering if that's going to cause him to do it again or if that's going to cause him to never do that again because it could have been worse. He's a big guy. He talked about how a little bit of his gymnastics as a kid might have helped him out there, but if he would have fallen on his head, that would have been a big deal because the ground doesn't move. But overall, mind mechanics, Moxie, last week, I give his mind about a C+. I thought he was there. I thought he was sharp. I thought he was intentional. But I just didn't think that he had the uh, attention to detail and desire required to put the foot on the pedal of the Jets last week. And... That Jets team is tough, and the defense did everything they could to take Mike White out, and he still didn't go out. Uh, Really, really tough kid, that guy. Like that Mike White. He should be around for a while. But Allen's mechanics, I got him at a B-. minus. It's tough in the cold. People want to talk about Allen, the way that he plays in September into October, People seem to think that there's this drop-off once it gets into December, November. It's getting cold, people. 
football is ugly. Football's a tough sport. Football is grimy. Football's cold, hard. It hurts. This game is not eloquent. Ask anyone who's played even a year of Little League. It's a tough sport. And the quarterback position is the toughest position in sports. When you get this shit weather like this, you're worried about even getting the snap. Let alone who your first read is, where that blitzer's coming from, who might be coming off the other edge, what your receiver's thinking. There's a lot going on up there. So you gotta hand it to Allen. I mean, Moxie, because of the hurdle, because of the W, we're still gonna go with a B minus, but I still want to see Allen feeling a little bit more confident heading into the playoff stretch run. There's nothing really wrong to me with the production. There's nothing wrong with the approach, but I'd like to see Allen look a little more confident. And maybe that's why they brought in Cole Beasley and John Brown, just to add a little bit of confidence to Allen's repertoire heading into the playoffs. Dorsey, uh, creativity and effectiveness as we grade each week. I thought creativity was at about a B minus and effectiveness at about an A minus. Because once again, this game isn't sexy. If you want to talk about sex appeal of the offense, well, then maybe we'd be at about a D plus, D minus. Because, no, the offense hasn't been sexy. The numbers haven't been high. But the W's are rolling in. And that is the ultimate grade. So let's flip it over to the Dolphins. Uh, Each week on the pregame dump, I've been dropping a couple numbers for you as far as who to watch for. Always trying to help fans of the game, fans of football, and friends and family better understand the game. I'm 33 now. I'm still studying this game. I don't pretend to know everything about it. You got to stay learning. You got to stay learning. So we stay learning here at Blue Mafia. But each week I've been trying to give you a couple guys that I've been able to observe that I personally find to be tough warrior football players on the opposing teams so that you know who to be worried about, who may be hitting your quarterback, who may be ruining your Sunday, who may be ruining your buzz. So on offense, obviously you know a little bit about Tua. Big controversy. I love hate Tua. I think he's okay. But I don't think he's going to succeed tonight in Buffalo. I think it's going to be a long night for him. And I think you can sort of look back to when the Dolphins decided to play Ryan Fitzpatrick rather than Tua. And you can also look back at Tua's four or five interceptions in a late game in Buffalo. Wide receiver-wise, though, he's got two of the most talented guys in the league, Jalen Waddell out of Alabama and Bill's nemesis Tyreek Hill, who obviously, you won't forget, gave us the peace sign, committed a penalty, but didn't get called for the taunting penalty in the playoffs. So I still haven't forgotten about this. 
And I know that Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, and the defense haven't forgotten about that. But Hill's obviously an explosive player, and his type of speed doesn't exactly slow down because of the cold. If he gets the ball in his hand and he gets about two or three steps going, you're not catching him. And it almost makes it worse because you don't really want to hit when it's this cold out, and it hurts. But you're going to have to lay a couple on Hill today, if possible. They obviously also have Jalen Waddell, one of the better number two receivers in the league. Would be nice if the Bills had a guy like him. Number 17, very explosive. But another guy, a little bit undersized. How is he going to react to some playoff hits in Buffalo? Interestingly enough, tight end Mike Kosicki, I always liked him out of Penn State. Big body, big athlete, basketball, jumper. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his blocking, but he's been relegated to the second team for Miami. He's actually not even a starting tight end, but I always worry about him. I always think he's going to let one rip. But a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of kind of, I guess, old horses in the running backs room. Nothing too, too crazy. A lot of guys, CJ uh, Raheem Mostert. Um, a lot of guys, Jeff Wilson, a lot of guys that may have spent time with Mike McDaniel in San Fran, but their run game will be tested today by this Bills defense. We'll see how tough this Dolphins team really is. I have a feeling they're going to try to pound the rock, pound this Bills defense, because let's be honest, the Bills defense can be run on, but not so fast. Can they still? We're going to find out today. On the defensive side for the Dolphins, people that you need to watch out for, obviously Christian Wilkins, serial butt plugger. You got to keep your eye on him. He's the one that was uh, getting in Allen's man grill last game, triggering Allen to look angrier than he's ever looked. They were talking about that on Good Morning Football this week and saying how... uh, I'm sure the Dolphins are going to be trying to pester Allen all day long, knowing that they got to him that game. But Wilkins, keep an eye on him. Jalen Phillips, number 15. He also went to Miami with Greg Rousseau, but I think he came out a year later. He's a specimen. He's an outstanding football player, and he will be in Josh Allen's face today and also trying to block balls with his giant frame he's not much smaller if he's smaller than Russo not much another Groot out of uh, Miami Hurricanes Xavier Howard the x-factor he's obviously pretty impressive good good player you want to keep your eye out for him and then Javon Holland I was talking about him last year preseason out of Oregon uh, how I thought he was going to blossom into a great player and he already has Number four, Milano and Rousseau. I think this is their team moving forward. Edmonds, obviously a leader on this team. Oliver, another leader on this team. Von Miller, clearly a leader on this team. But in my opinion, this is Matt Milano and Greg Rousseau's defense moving forward. Trey White, longtime leader, still coming back from injury. 
have been asking all year who's stepping up for the defense. Well, in my opinion, I'm seeing Greg Rousseau step up along with Ed Oliver, but both of which have kind of taken the turn and in getting injured. But Matt Milano, man, I'm thinking about getting a jersey. Guy is just freaking awesome. And I think that it's his I think it's his defense. I think he's slowly becoming the quarterback of this defense. I think he's taken to the tutelage of guys like Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and I really think that this is Matt Milano's defense moving forward. So we'll see how Tremaine Edmonds reacts to that in terms of next year contracts, all that good stuff. Once again, I'm not not a GM, but when it comes to team continuity, I like the way that Milano leads, and I'd love to see Milano play here for about 15 years. Lastly, we want to give you a quick little story time. It's Dolphins prime time. If you remember a couple years ago, unfortunately, there was a guy they found out back behind the uh, Dolphins stadium. Or I'm sorry, behind the Bills stadium. And they found him face down, and it was a big thing because they found a guy dead, and it was pretty fucked up. But your boy Reg here also had a pretty fucked up night that night. Uh, so if you've been to a Bills primetime game, you know how wild it can get. Daytime Bills games are one thing when people are, you know, drinking from 7 a.m. until 1. That that Bills day drunk is unlike any other. Maybe St. Patrick's Day similarity there, but primetime games are a different beast. And about 20 to 30 of us caught a limo bus from a friend at Olive Garden. We all got on the bus, get to the game, get down. Obviously, get after it. Leotis McKelvin, big, big kick return. Big night for Buffalo. Everyone was going wild. Well, after the game, you have to wait. If you're in the RV lot, you have to wait for all the you know traffic to sort of exit at this time. And there's like a line of probably 40 to 60 uh, RVs and limo buses and things like that, party buses. And they were all waiting. So I'm on the bus starting to come back to reality but that post-drunk hangover beginning nausea beginning what have I done to myself started to set in and it was like I'm sitting there and I started getting the hot mouth and I was like started gauging the time between here and the house we were going back to started feeling that queasy feeling and then I'm like ah man I gotta pull the trigger so I'm like, can't puke on the bus. So I'm like, hey, buddy, I gotta, I gotta get off here. He's like, well, we're about to be leaving. And I'm like, well, I'm about to be puking. And he's like, go, oh, get off, get off. So I get off. Everybody else on the bus is all spun, all messed up. Nobody really knew where I went because I didn't really want to advertise to everyone as I am now that I was gonna have to uke. So I get off the bus, go out behind, pulling the trigger, letting it rip. And now that I've exercised all my demons, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling a little bit better. My homie, Zach Sauer, gets off the bus, comes check on me, make sure everything's good. We end up starting to talk, get chatting. I think we started playing catch with some other guys in the parking lot or something because all of a sudden the bus was gone. And we started trying to chase the bus out of the lot, 20 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards, 
they're gone. Nobody on the bus knew where we were because everyone was still, you know, talking and laughing and being all stupid and drunk. So nobody knew where we were other than, you know, the people that we were there with as far as our uh, partners at the time. But so Zach and I are running down Abbott. We don't know what to do. Seneca menthols hung over already. I'm now feeling better because I just got a good, you know, trigger pull. And way down Abbott in front of O'Neill's, you see uh, Zach's older brother, Chet, one silhouette. Everyone else in Orchard Park had sort of gotten out because we had to be the last ones to get out because we were in the RV lot. And Abbott's completely empty, pitch black, some snowflakes coming. It's all quiet now. And there's Chet in the buffalo hat with the long leather sting black trench coat. And he's just coming back one silhouette down the street. And he came back for us. Shout out, Chet. True brother. Came back for Zach and I. And shout out, Zach, for making sure your boy was doing okay behind the bus. Thanks, Zach. Excellent, excellent story. But if you're going out there tonight, don't be like me. Make sure you bring a buddy. Thanks to Zach for coming with me. And thanks to Chet. Don't ever leave a fellow crasher behind, baby. We never do that at Blue Mafia, and you don't do that tonight. So if you find yourself around a creek, be extra careful tonight, folks. All right, so let's get over to the implications and give you your top five QBs that I think are ready to go right now to go on a Super Bowl run. Because of the implication. I know, because of the implication. Why aren't you understanding this? I don't... Welcome back. Thanks for listening. It's the implications, baby. Well, we wanted to do something different this week because I was listening actually to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast this week and he had a couple gentlemen on, including a Steven Ruiz, and they wouldn't stop talking about Justin Herbert. I love Justin Herbert, but people need to relax on Justin Herbert. The guy hasn't won a thing. You hear me talk about Josh Allen not winning anything yet. I'm not ready to crown him. Who the fuck's crowning Justin Herbert? Look, he's talented. He goes through his progressions. He's a good dude. But I've got him at number five here on the top five QB ready. People are putting him up like two, one. Not one of I don't think anybody's putting him above Mahomes. But people have got him above Allen. People have got him above Burrow. People have got him above guys like Taylor Heineke. I might take Taylor Heineke right now over Justin Herbert, depending on my squad. Who's crowning Justin Herbert? Look, I like Justin Herbert. I think he's awesome. But I've got my own personal take on Justin Herbert. He doesn't win tough. He throws to the running back more than anyone in the league. You want to talk about checkdowns. The Chargers offense is a checkdown. If the first read isn't there, he throws a flare or a checkdown or an arrow to Austin Eckler. A lot of these big yards days, yeah, there might be a couple 70-yard bombs. There might be a couple lasers. There might be a couple seeds thrown by Justin Herbert. But he doesn't have... What he has up here 
in here, if you ask me. I just don't think that Justin Herbert has the killer instinct, and I don't see him being a big-time warrior quarterback for at least a couple more years, if ever. So he still comes in at number five on my list, but I'm sick of people jamming Herbert down my throat, especially considering they haven't won anything. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They have yet to make a playoffs with Justin Herbert. So can we please relax? Number four. I've got Jalen Hurts. On the opposite side of the spectrum, I'm listening to this Steven Ruiz, and nobody wants to give any respect to Justin Herbert. I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts? We want to crown Justin Herbert, but over here we want to act like Jalen Hurts just... He's just not going through progressions. You know, it's easy to throw to... To guys like A.J. Brown. It's easy to scramble. It's not easy to play quarterback in the NFL. It's not easy to manage an offense. It's not easy to look across the line and see these guys that are ready to literally kill you. It's not easy to be poised. It's not easy to take hits when scrambling. It's not easy to know when to get out of bounds. It's not easy to throw to a guy that's as big around as my finger in Dante. Devontae Smith. Sorry, but Devontae Smith about as big around as my pinky finger. And that guy, he doesn't miss Jalen Hurts. He doesn't make bad decisions. He's got a coach that supports him. He's got a team that supports him. He's got a defense that supports him. He's got a run game that supports him. He is the quintessential leader, Jalen Hurts. That's why I have him above Justin Herbert, because of What's in here? Not only what's up here, what's in the chest plate, what's behind the heart bone, what's that little soft piece of meat in your chest going to do when the going gets tough? Is it going to crumble and feeble and fold in on itself, causing the rest of your men to also do the same? Or is it going to pump strong, hard, good energy, ready to fight? For four quarters or seven quarters. Jalen Hurts is ready to fight for 15 rounds. And that's why I have him at number four. I almost had him at number three. But because Joe Burrow took his team to the Super Bowl last year. I have Joe Burr at number three. And he is another one that people really like to shine a big light on. But recently this week I heard people sort of dogging on, on uh, Joe Burr a little bit. Sort of acting like. You know, without these receivers, he's not as good as people think he is. Maybe not, but it doesn't matter. People love to try and shit on athletes from a hypothetical standpoint. I like to shit on athletes from a literal standpoint. <laughs> and when I see a guy like Joe Burrow go from OSU to LSU to Cincinnati take Cincinnati to a Super Bowl you can't deny the leadership qualities of a guy like that and the fact that Joe Burrow has already reached a Super Bowl some people would argue he should be at number two because my number two Josh Allen he hasn't won anything yet like I said about Herbert I love Josh Allen I nicknamed him the general he is a warrior. He's my guy. He's my favorite guy in the league. 
He's my favorite quarterback. Top 10 favorite already of all time. But the guy has not won anything yet. Couple division titles, reached an AFC championship, but the guy hasn't won anything yet. So that's why he's number two. Behind Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes is coming in at number one because he's got a ring. He's got the belief. He let, along with his team, he let Tyreek Hill walk and found some new soldiers and stepped up to the plate, didn't make excuses. I've earned some more respect for Patrick Mahomes this season. Uh, I have not necessarily earned more respect for Travis Kelsey because I do still believe that every time he gets open, he pushes off. And that that's easy. Can we get a jam? But Mahomes has earned a lot more of my respect this year just by the way he's responded to all of the, you know, the corny hate on his wife, the corny hate on his brother, the corny hate on Juju. He's made Juju a football player again. You know, they don't have an extremely great running game. A lot of teams say, like, well, you got to establish a run. Teams like Buffalo, obviously, everyone wants us to be able to run and not have to depend on Josh Allen. But never have I seen a squad depend on a quarterback's ability to scramble, make plays from a strategic standpoint. Andy Reid just knows that Mahomes is going to make plays, and he doesn't try to hide that. He works it into the strategy. He works it into the game plan. He lets Mahomes be Mahomes. And that's why I think they may be making another Super Bowl run. But hopefully the Bills can take care of business today, keep home field. So if Mahomes is going or if Burrow is going, they got to go through Buffalo. So thanks for listening. No picks today. We're going to take it easy and, and enjoy the games. But uh, I really appreciate y'all listening. And hey, Stay safe out there, whether you're in the house, out of the house. Don't get too drunk for the Bills game. Enjoy your life. You don't need the booze. Blue Mafia doesn't booze. We turn that corner, and here we are, shooting content, doing shit, having fun. You don't need the booze, babies. Keep it right, keep it tight. Go Bills. We'll see ya. Love you.